See this? This is my boomstick! got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. All right, all right. Welcome back to Slow Robot Agogo, show number seven. My name is Mao. I'm coming to you from the land of K-pop and pizza that comes with corn on it. Say, do you like your sci-fi movies dripping with uh, Red Scare, you know, Communist Party, Fear. Oh, and do you like insanely over-the-top religious messages in your sci-fi? Hmm. Well, if you like those two things and Peter Graves, well, I have a movie for you. But before we do that, let's listen to this quick rendition of Peter Graves Goes to the University by Croti Robot of none other than Mystery Science Theater 3000 fame. I don't know, Crow, it's probably just me, but the yeah. whole idea of a screenplay based around the life of Peter Graves yeah. <laughs> it just spells box office poison. Mm -hmm. And then to go and narrow the focus so much. Here, let me sizzle it for you, Mike. Fuck. Peter Graves went to the University of Minnesota, right? I guess. I guess nothing. The man went to the U of M, and that's exactly what my screenplay exploits. Well, can we just get on with this, please? Yes. <clears throat> Here we go. Just plain Peter, the U of M years. Or, Peter Graves goes to college at the University of Minnesota. <clears throat> A screenplay by Pro T. Robot. Okay. okay. I'm only doing this because I need the stage time, Pin Beak. Okay, sir. Okay, okay. okay. Act one, Peter Graves enrolls at the University of Minnesota. Okay, okay. Hi, uh, I'm the registrar. May I help you? Yes. I'm Peter Graves, and I'd like to enroll at the University of Minnesota. Oh, uh, act two. Mike, you got to help me with the trouble, right? Okay. I don't have to get that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Act two, Peter Graves attends his first class. Hi, I'm Peter Graves. Is this Biology 101? Yes? Good. I'm Peter Graves, and I'm in the right class. Huh. Um, Act three. Thank you, Mike. Act three. Uh, Peter Graves enjoys storm life. Okay, hold on. Think fast. Aha! I'm Peter Graves, and I'm enjoying some good-natured ribbing with one of my many new pals here at the University of Minnesota. Act four. Extracurricular activity. <laughs> oh, this is great. This one. It's this whole thing. I'm Peter Graves, and I was wondering if you could direct me to the natatorium as I'm attending a swim meet. It's that way. Thank you. I'm Peter Graves. Okay. Uh, act five. Peter finds his calling. I'm Peter Graves, and I'm beginning to take an interest in the theater arts and speech communications here crow, at the how University many, how of... How many acts are there? Uh, Fifteen. <laughs> but Crow, yeah. not criticizing here, but were you worried about the redundancy factor or not? Or? Well, I thought my point was important enough to risk that, but let's do the climax. I think you really like it. Okay, let's, 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 let's,
Act 15, Graduation. I'm Peter Graves. Thank you for the opportunity of learning at this fine institution. As I look back, I remember fondly my enrollment process, where, had you been there, you might have heard me say, Hi, I'm Peter Graves, and I'd like to enroll at the University of Minnesota. For the time when That's I... That's it, you are way out there! Hey! Way out! Gee, um, I gotta agree with him, bro. Huh? No, much. but um, Mike, Mike, no matter what you or, or Servo may think of it, my little screenplay, if it's convinced just one person out there that Peter Graves went to the University of Minnesota, then I've done my job. I'm Peter Graves, and we've got movie sign on AD. Oh my god. Yes. I am a huge Mystery Science Theater 3000 dork. And I loves me some uh, Peter Graves. Um, what the hell did they do? The beginning of the end. I think that was the skit from the beginning of the end. Just classic. I can't really watch any Peter Graves movie anymore without thinking of them just relentlessly tooling on Peter Graves and uh and it's a and and I'm better for that. The movie that I'm going to be reviewing with you today is Red Planet Mars from 1952. Short summary is an American scientist Peter Graves is able to communicate uh with Mars via the hydrogen valve, you know, huh, whatever. And um, what happens is this basically brings about huge upheaval uh, economically, politically, and um, and spiritually for at various stages. And um, boy, it is wacky. But before I get into the the real meat of this movie, I, I of course I own this, so I've seen it on DVD. A couple of times, you know. This is one that I watch from now, from time to time, just because it's kind of, it's really light. There's not a whole heck of a lot going on here. It's not, it might as well be a serial, but um, it's the the copy I got was given to me by Val, and believe it or not, it's a transfer from a a, a taped off of TV, and this is taped off of TV. From WTOG in St. Petersburg, Florida, from the early 90s. I think it's 93. And this is a creature feature, which means that it has one of those horror hosts. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the various um, you know, horror hosts like Elvira. Elvira, of course, is the most famous. I'm going to say is the most famous. I, I'm not going to argue. I'm sure there's there's plenty of them out there. Um the, pers- the 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 horror host that does this one is Dr. Paul Bearer. And he's a ghoulish-looking fellow who um makes a lot of in total tradition makes a lot of really bad puns and he's from St. Creaturesburg instead of St. Petersburg. And um you know he 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 does a commercial spot with his Cadillac Hearst for a, a local you pull it place. It's kind of funny to me how I, in modern day, I avoid um, commercials like they're the plague. But when I get a hold of one of these old things, I watch these commercials and I'm just enamored by them. Especially this one, 
because I just was arriving to Florida in 93. So this probably aired, I was probably in Florida when this aired. So you see a lot of these spots and they were new to me. Kane's Furniture and Culver's You Pull It and all this crap. A, a Builder's Square, which came and fell by the wayside. I don't know if they're gone na nationwide, but they sure as hell are gone in Florida. Um, and, and you watch, I watch this creature feature and I laugh at the dumb jokes and um you know and i watch these commercials and i just love it i love watching these old commercials and it's just one of those things where it's really such a it's so strange how now altivo altivo is show now not tivo i use the the dumb thing that comes with the cable but i just call it tivo i'll 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 record a show i'll i'll record a show i'm going to watch now and then come back in 15 minutes so i can scan through the commercials because they annoy me so bad. But if you show me a tape with old commercials, I, I, I scan through the movie to get to the commercials. It's really weird. I don't know what that, what that why that is. but So this was a real treat. Because this this rip of this movie is even has like the slowed down tape thing going on in the beginning and the end. You know, because <laughs> it's an old tape. Just classic. I mean, it's just it took me back to a simpler time when you would watch something on a videotape, you know. And the the creature feature was funny and and great, you know. I looked it up. Um, he actually died. The, the the person who did this actually passed away in 1995. So he was not long for the world after. Uh, I after he did this performance, you know, two years or th two or two or three years, say. Uh, it says he died of, um, uh, of complications from an open heart surgery. It doesn't say complications. It just says he died following a heart open heart surgery. So that means complicated to me. Um, he did gain some no national notoriety for being the longest running horror host on television. And in 1993, then Tampa Mayor Sandy Friedman declared October 30th Dr. Paul Bearer Day. So how cool is that? I got a real slice of Americana in watching this, and it was much better than just watching the DVD version I have, because it was just more fun, you know. And boy, we have come a long way. So, now on to the movie. Thank you very much for sharing that with me, Val. That was very cool. Um, I really dug watching it uh, in this capacity. Now on to Red Planet Mars. As I said, it was a pretty light affair, um, and it was, this, to me it almost didn't seem like a sci-fi movie. I like my sci-fi movies with robots and weirdness and comets and bad effects, you know. This is one of those um, more, they tried to be, you know, more philosophical, more thinking, you know. There's no scenes of Mars, there's no, you don't see a Martian ever, you know. So, it's more along the lines of, you know, the day the Earth stood still, although that did have a little bit of, um, well, obviously that was good, and obviously that had a little bit more, um, it did, you did see Gort, and you did see some stuff, you know, where this is more of a low-budget affair that was just kind of, you know, yep, we're talking to Mars. So basically what happens is, it starts out, and there's a scientist that's looking at pictures of Mars, and solar ice, or, you know, the the... Ice caps are bigger than huge mountains. You can tell from the shadows it casts, says uh, 
Peter Graves, and then you know they melt, and this must be done by really smart. Uh, an evolved civilization because no ice could melt so quickly and blah 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 you know all the faux um science crap is in there so peter graves starts sending radio messages to mars and lo and behold um they start getting replies and he knows this because it's it takes six minutes and twenty seconds, or some, some it's something like that. Like it takes six minutes all total because it gets there and then it comes back after it's deciphered. And sometimes it it varies. And he, you know, and, but they don't ever learn how to communicate. It's just rep- like Mars is just sending back the same messages. So then what happens is, um, you know, they're all sitting around and and in the usual cast of, you know, there's a there's a general sitting there and they're all drinking their scotch and smoking and and Peter Graves' oldest boy comes in and he goes, how about pie? And he's eating a big slice of pie. And I, at that point I was like, wow, did, did Dr. Paul Bearer write some of this? I didn't know that. So anyway, and, and then, um, so the kid's eating it and then he goes, no, send them pie and then they'll know if they're advanced enough to make a, a they're advanced enough to make a thing to make a, a transmitter then they'll know pi you know which i was like huh, okay well whatever so they um so they do it and of course this is the this opens the floodgates cuz they the martians reply with the next digits of the pi formula which it's like 3.14 blah 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 and i guess the numbers go on for infinity because that's the way math works broken and strange so this opens the floodgates and now they start learning they start establishing a um a uh, like a, a language they can they start to be able to talk to each other and the first couple the first message comes back and they're talking about um you know unlimited energy how they use the cosmic waves of blah 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 you know more junk science and 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 that throws the um then they show headless the spinning this they use the spinning uh headline thing a little bit too much in this movie that usually doesn't bother me i know that really pisses some people off the spinning headline newspaper thing it doesn't bother me so much but when it's overused you're like okay you know stop with this so they bought that effect and they used it. So the so the spinning headline is like you know coal coal workers all out of work and all striking, and I'm like, how does that relate? Like, okay, some Martian says that they use cosmic waves and now coal people don't mine anymore. I don't know. They are making huge leaps here, because then the next spinning paper said steel mills stop because there's no coal, and then world's in turmoil you know and you're like uh hmm so you you just kind of watch and then you know and, and they get another message from uh from mars and I, I, I forget the exact messages that are coming in but each time this message come in there's more and more pandemonium in the world you know and then they also a, the new a new a new um part of the movie opens up where there where they where there's the the the, the creator of this hydrogen valve that made this wonderful message to Mars possible was done by a Nazi. 
who was in prison camps and the whole shtick, you know, and he's in Russia now. And, you know, Peter Graves could make this because it was, because it was part, um, because the government took the, had the secrets, so he used that. And he always gave this doc, the German, you know, credit, which was another thing they really hung their hats on. Franz Calder was the German. And, you know, Chris Kron, Kronin? Kron? C-R-O-N-Y-N. Kronin? I don't know. Canyon? Cranion? Cronion? Cronion? Chris Cronion and Linda Cronion. That's Peter Graves is Chris Cronion. So, you know, I'm just going to say Peter Graves because that's a stupid name. So Peter Graves, you know, is always, every journal says, well, it wouldn't be possible without Franz Calder's uh, hydrogen, blah, blah, blah. And also, they make numerous notes of, don't light that cigar in here. You could blow us up because... You can't smell hydrogen, and this whole lab will explode. Wink, wink. So, at the, so then they go to Russia, and they show like this crazed Franz Calder um, in like some little hovel shack, you know, in the side of a mountain, and he's drunk off his ass, and he's monitoring the same thing because he's built one too with the help of the Russians. So now there's two transmitters, but he can't transmit to Mars because. Then the Americans will know. You know, this movie is ultra saturated with that red scare crap, and the Russians and the the Russians are just waiting to pounce. You know, so um, so basically, um, he's there. He's reporting what's being said to the Russians, but they're not really doing anything at this point. And in the meanwhile, all the meanwhile. You know, America's collapsing because of these messages from Mars. How, how that that leap still evades me. So then the government steps in and says, "Well, look, we're going to start taking over these messages because we can't publish them anymore because people are going ape shit, and the world's going to collide. You know, going to explode. So, and the world by the world, I mean America. So anyway." Well, and once we get weak, then the Russians are going to attack, and then the Nazis are going to, you know, come up from the graves as zombies and all that kind of. I made that last part up. So anyway, the um, the the fourth message is talking about um, God. It's it, it, the the fourth me- the fourth message when they because they ask how do you keep from blowing each other up with all this unlimited power, you know. And I thought of the Emperor from Star Wars. You know, with lightning flying out. So then, in, um, that's not part of the movie either. I, in my brain, when I'm watching bad movies, I interject good things from funny and better movies to help make it a better movie. So anyway, the la- the fourth one is 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 religious. It's like a, the sermon from the mountain, and um. And even uh, Peter Graves' wife in the movie says the sermon from the mountain on Mars, you know, I was like, oh my god, really, you went there? It was awesome. And then they were debating, well, we can't, they were saying they couldn't release that message because of the religious overtones. And I'm thinking, Jesus, they, you know. So, they finally do. And, well, one of the other things that they that they inter, they interweave is, um, interwoven, interweave, interweave. I like how I correct my own grammar on air. That's that's awesome. So they they, they weave in um, shots of like these poor villages in in Russia, like sneaking a radio that they can hear America with, uh, whatever. Just 
bear with it. So they're like listening, and they can like these little villages in Russia that are being oppressed can hear this. And then they they always have a lookout, and then when they see the 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 uh, truck full of soldiers with machine guns coming, they hide the radio under the fireplace and crap like that. So finally, they get the, the religious one, and everyone in the world is now yay God, more so. And um, and like they cut to the to the little group in Russia, and they dig up a trunk that was hidden that has um, like religious, like a Bible, and 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 the, the guy. The one guy is um, the priest. Like he's wearing the robe. He, they, they buried the robe to keep it away from the soldiers. And um, and the soldiers come up and gun them down in the you know to keep Russia from liking God or something. I don't know. I couldn't make that leap either. So <clears throat> finally, um, the messages stop, and an avalanche destroys the little hovel that the crazy. France um, Calder is living in, which I always think of Fran- uh, Blucher, Fra- Frau-, Frau Blucher, that's what I was thinking of, different movie, better movie, so anyway, <clears throat> the messages stop, and um, at this part, at this point, um, Peter Graves and his wife and family are now their pariahs, at first they were like mobbed because they were awesome, that everyone was so in love, enamored by them because they were talking to Mars, and then once the world turned to crap, then they were the pariahs that had to hide in their house, you know. And then the wife's character in this is very, really weird. Like, the character is written very strangely, like, I don't even know how to describe it, really. She's she's kind of all over the place with the, you like, super moral, like, like, her lines are all like, if you say one thing, then you must print the other, and... And, oh, you know, Chris, what think of the children? It's all that kind of swooning, goofy shit. She's a strong presence in this script, but a badly lit, a badly written strong presence? Does that make sense? That's her. She's kind of a... She needs Prozac or something. She's all over the place. So, where the hell was I even? Oh, yeah, so anyway... Um, you know, and, and she, she was the one that, like, right when they started... When they went to talk to Mars and the reply came back, she was like, "You have to turn off. You you opened up a gate to destruction, and the you know what if they come here and kill us all?" And and I'm like, eh, I don't. She was like so anti-contacting Mars, even though they built this laboratory in her yard. Apparently, you know that's the other thing. Like this, they're they're, they're this laboratory that they use the, the helium. Ah, shit, what was the name of it? The helium valve and all that crap. That's in their yard. That, that, Peter Graves, you know, he got that done. He he, he built a... He's the ultimate do-it-yourselfer. He went to home... He went to Builder Square and got all his crap and slapped his hydrogen valve in the back and he's talking to Mars. And then she, she gets all swoony and, you can't do that. What Think of the destruction and all that crap. So, th- that's before. So then they go... Okay, so now... She's all all over the place about how you have to say the God part, and they're pariahs, and they're locked in their house. And he finally goes out there to try and contact them again. The message is stopped, and um, he keeps going out and trying to talk to Mars, you know. Which, I mean, of course we you would. And, um, and lo and behold, Franz Calder shows up, you know, 
the typ- atypical gun-wielding, crazy, drunk Russian Nazi. They kind of lumped everything together and put in a blender and hit go. You know, he's an ex-Nazi, he's a Russian, he's the devil, you know. He it, he says that he's been the one sending the, the... the He's been the one sending all the messages back. And they're like, you couldn't have been. You know, they came from outer space, and he's like, no, I angled the projector. You're so dumb. I'm so smart, blah, blah, blah. I'm a big, drunk Russian ex-Nazi. So he's all, you know, being so cool, and he's, and he's the one that's been giving these messages. And, like, and it looks like he is. It looks like he really is the one doing this. But, of course, his lab was destroyed nine days ago. They say that like 400 times. He's like, nine days ago, my lab was crushed by the avalanche of snow. Isn't it funny that you haven't heard from Mars in nine days? Wink, wink. So, I'm the one. So, then Peter Graves takes takes the valve off the... to let the hydrogen into the room. Because this this um, Franz Calder is going to take his message to the people saying, hey, it was a big joke. You know, he goes into this long tirade about how, you know, he he lives to, to make everyone, you know, know how stupid they are and, 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 like, he wants to tear the world down. He was the original some people just want to watch the world burn. That's Franz Calder. I mean, that's... Why so serious, Franz? You know, that's what he was saying to, to, to Peter Graves. He's like, why so serious? So, at this point... Rather than let the world down, Peter Graves is going to martyr himself by lighting a cigarette in the hydrogen-filled room. And the ex-Nazi Russian is on to him. So he doesn't let them leave, and he says, You're not going to light that cigarette, you'll blow us all up. And he's standing right by this ticking clock when he's giving this tirade about how he he's so happy that he's going to bring... Armageddon to the world, and, and, you know, he, the devil, he loves the devil. Yay, 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 devil, and pitchfork, and all that good stuff. And the clock is ticking right by him. And lo and behold, right before they go, they were going to blow themselves up, um, to martyr themselves, a message comes through from Mars. So, you know, this is up, this part's up to, con- you know, you can conjecture all you want about, well, was it, was he lying, or was he just trying to you know, make everyone sad. You know, I don't know. I don't, I'm not too sure, like, how much of it re- was real, supposedly real, and how much of it wasn't. Because um, he was monitoring all this, so he might have been doing it, he might not have been doing it. But the bottom line is now a message did come from Mars, and his thing was destroyed. So he loses it, and he shoots the screen, and that blows up the whole thing. So that's the part. Um, that's the intro I'm going to drop in where... All you're going to hear is this big explosion, and then they cut to this freaking... They cut to this, like, it it looks like it's... I don't know if it's supposed to be Congress or something. I'm not too sure what it's supposed to be, but it's hilarious. And it's so, like, over-the-top, yay, God. And it... I mean, it's it's really just so funny. So I'm going to drop that in at the very end. Long story short, Peter Graves, his wife and the Nazi blow, ex-Nazi Russian blow up in the end to martyr themselves to keep the truth from coming out that some of these messages might have been false or whatever. Um, you know, and everyone's, yay, we're, you know, we're, we're, go God, yay God. So, supposedly it's a better world. Oh yeah, and the other thing was they, they, they um, had a 
message from Russia that Russia got overthrown and now the new leader was some religious figure. And I was like, oh my God. That's where my head kind of hurt a, a lot. Because <laughs> they were just... I mean, this really was one of the strangest marriages of anti-communist, pro-God sci-fi movies I've ever seen. I mean, some of them have the, the, the tinges of it. You know, some of them have, have a little bit of the... Uh, especially the 50s stuff, the anti-Russians. And some of them have a little bit of the yay God stuff. But never before have I seen this, like the perfect storm of just wow. And that's where we are with Peter Graves in Red Planet Mars. I think as a time capsule of the wackiness that was, I would say watch it. But just know that you're in for a um, dialogue-heavy, no robot, no alien, no Mars shots affair. And leave it at that. I wouldn't buy it. If it's part of a, of a blammo pack, then grab it. Um, if it's on a late-night creature feature, which I sure wish those were still around, if it's on a late-night creature feature, watch it. It's funny. Um, it has its charm I want to say but it's mostly it's pretty hokey and uh and yeah um it's about 86 minutes that's that's what I'll say about it so I'm going to leave you with the intro please make sure you follow along at slowrobotagogo.wordpress.com um listen to or and read my trials and tribulations here in the land of K-pop at kimchiagogo wordpress.com it's not as bad as it reads my last couple months or no, not a couple months my gosh my last couple entries have been pretty down in the dumps and although things aren't all roses here it's also not so terrible I think my writing comes across more desperate when I mean it to be more sarcastic but there is some tinges of I'm not, I'm kind of tired sometimes. You know, the kids take a lot out of you if you let them. So basically, follow along with those two. Please make sure you check out the other podcast I'm part of at bunchofdorks.com. Shoot me some comments and let me know what you think of the show. All right. I'm going to leave you with the explosion of the laboratory and one hell of a wacky Send off by Congress. So, yay, God. Now, will you believe? You're set to destroy. But there's a message coming in. There's your proof.
has decreed that the revelations which came through them, his servants, were sufficient to fulfill his purpose. At the very moment when they were snatched up in that chariot of fire, into the bosom of truth everlasting, a final message was being received. Only the first few words of that message were recorded before the explosion cut it short. Those words were, Ye have done well, my good. The rest is silence. Silence. No. No, for as I speak, the bells of a million churches in every far corner of the earth ring out in salutation to the earth's new day of hope. The voices of the joyful. Thank you. 